Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Praise God. God is good. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I thank you so much and uh, want to thank, uh, take this uh, opportunity to thank the leadership of our church for listening to the voice of God and seeking God on our behalf as a church and family. And I want to thank uh, Pastor Joe and uh, Lena and the whole uh, core committee for allowing God to point me today or to appoint me today to bring the word of God uh, to us today. I don't take these kind of opportunities easy, especially in my own home church. I love what God is doing through uh, Pastor Joe. So when uh, such a, an appointment has come, I don't take it light. I don't take it easy. So I want to honor this opportunity and say thank you so much for listening to uh, what God has chosen. I didn't know what God has chosen for us today. And uh, I had to see God, as Pastor Joseph said. And uh, uh, many a times I was like, God, not me. So thank you. And uh, I want to welcome those who are joining us uh, online. Uh, as I personally say, uh, it's not that you are following online. You are joining online. You are participating online. So I pray that the anointing of God, as it is in this place today, will be in the place where you are. And you will feel the presence of God, and God will reach out to you through his word and through the worship as we've been worshiping today and through this time as you dedicate these few minutes to listen to the word of God. So I want to welcome you to stand with me. Let's uh, pray for Pastor Joe this morning. We're going to pray, uh, you know, especially I know that he is praying for us. We need to pray for him as well. Amen. So let's pray for Pastor Joe for a quick recovery. Let's pray for God's grace. And let's pray especially that in this time that God will double the anointing. And God will speak to him very clearly for what God wants to do in this house and in this city. So let's raise our hands as we pray for Pastor Joe. Father God, we thank you and give you glory. We give you praise, O oh Lord God, because we know that, O oh Lord, those whom you have called, you have appointed. And those whom you have appointed, you have anointed. And we acknowledge your anointing upon Pastor Joe and the core committee of this church, O oh Lord God. And we stand before you, O oh Lord God, as we raise our hands. We bring them up to you, O oh Lord, and say, would you touch them this morning? Not just this morning, O oh Lord God, as we pray specifically for Pastor Joe. We pray that, O oh Lord, the voice which you have given him. Nobody will shut it. For the oh Lord God you want to speak through his voice and you want to use his vocal cords, oh Lord God to bring salvation to this city. You want to bring deliverance, oh Lord God, to our homes. And you want to bring healing, oh Lord God. And let that, oh Lord, your presence will continue
continue to manifest this land in your glory upon your servant even this morning as we pray in Jesus' mighty name. We cry out to your Lord and say, anoint him in Jesus' glorious name. I break every power of the enemy and every attack of the enemy upon your servant in Jesus' mighty name. And we say, Holy Spirit, would you envelop him and cover him and shield him this morning, we pray. Father God, we dedicate this moment unto you and say, we are hungry. We are thirsty for more of you. We want to hear what you have for us in store, O oh God. And we stand before you, Lord, and say, would you pour out, O oh Lord God, your presence upon us? And would you speak your word unto us, O oh Lord God, today? As we stand in your presence, we say, speak, Lord, for your servants. We are ready to listen. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I have been thinking, and... Uh, what I found is the problem of humanity is forgetfulness. As somebody says, one of the problems of humanity, greatest problem of humanity is forgetfulness because forgetfulness can happen at multiple levels. From a simple problem of recall of position of hard-heartedness to disobedience, towards the command giver. When God deals with the people of Israel, as we read in the Bible, all throughout, God does not merely say, this is God. He says, rather, this is the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. By God saying that, it's not that God did not know that he brought them out of Egypt. God knew so well that he is the one who brought them out of Egypt. And he had to say, this is the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. As a reminder to a people who are so forgetful. I'm going to tell you a story. Somebody once said to me, you forget a lot. But the problem is, I've forgotten who is the person who said that to me. <laughs> so, I thought, well, you know. It's good if I can go back to uh, certain scriptures and uh, see what God is saying and uh, what we want today from God, what God has in store for us. I started, I decided to title this message, Just Remember. Just Remember. And as a good start, I decided let's just start with some definitions. So, remember, as a verb, to remember is to have or to have in or be able to bring to one's mind an awareness of someone or something from the past. That is from the Oxford Dictionary. I thought, well, what a mouthful, so let me bring it down to my level. To remember, similarly I may say, to recall. I recall this thing. To call to mind, to recollect, to think of, to put a name to something, to a place, to reminisce about. When I thought of that, I was, whoa, I'm speaking English, to reminisce about. To think back to, to look back on, 
to hark back to. So we can keep going on and on and on and on to remember the simplest thing we can say is to bring to memories, to not forget. Hence the opposite of to remember is to forget. So once you forgot, means you do not remember. And once you remember, means you do not forget. So the origin of the word to remember comes from the Latin word that breaks into re and mind or memor. Re as repeating a repetition and memo that brings the word memory to repeat what is in the memory. As in IT, we have what we call the memory. Everybody wants a computer with fast memories. Everybody wants a computer with more memories so that it can remember what you are doing, so that it can remember when you press a command and it acts very quickly. So, from the Latin word to remember, to rememorial, hence the word memorial came as well. And we have, we're so blessed in Australia, unlike in uh, DR Congo, uh, where I come from, uh, we don't have the shrine of remembrance, less we remember everywhere we have that written. So, to remember is to bring to memory, to bring everything back so that we can recollect on that, we can reminisce on that. And uh, in search of the etymology of the word to remember, and I found in, if we translate it in Italian, I started understanding a little bit because of my French background. So in Italian, to recordare. Did I say it correct? Praise God. So to recordare. And hence in French, we have the word to record. You remember those records, the vinyl records? So it's put onto memory so that it can be played back and back and back again. To remember is to bring it back. It's, if I can put it in the animal language, it's to ruminate on it. Bring it back and feel it again. Think about it again. Enjoy it. But the problem is, in human, where does the memory sit? Where do we have to bring that? Because we don't have the four-pack stomachs like the uh, animals. So I went into searching for uh, the human anatomy of uh, memory. So I believe uh, I will have a nice picture. If I don't, I will explain that one to you. This picture comes from the uh, Queensland uh, Brain Institute, Queensland University, and says... Memory in human is not stored in one place, unlike in the computer. Of course, even in the computer, it's in, there are a couple of places where you store uh, there are memories or recalled memories. So in human, memories is not stored in one place. It's stored in, in the brain in general, 
But in the brain, there are various parts of the brain where the memory is stored. And it says the memory is stored mainly uh, as we have different types of memory. It says memory aren't stored in just one part of the brain, but different types of the brain coerce together and uh, bring things to, mem uh, to remembrance. There is explicit memory and there is uh, the memory that is of things that is happening, the semantic memory, and there is episodic memory. So of things that happen on regular times, that's how we remember birthdays, that is episodic memories and semantic memory as events are happening, we know this is going to unfold because it brings something from memory. So in human, uh, memory is, is saved or is stored in the cerebrum, uh, cerebellum, Ooh, big word. A cerebellum, and that the part of the brain which stores the memory, and of course also the hippocampus work together with the amygdala to bring things, various things, into remembrance. So I was looking at all this, and I'm like, just a full of words. I can't even say them properly. Not being from the medical uh, background or uh, profession, I couldn't remember a single thing of those. So I started wondering, oh God, question is, what, does, what is it so great about memory and the word of God? Remembering and the word of God. What does the Bible say about remembering and the word of God? So if we check the scriptures, the word remember or to remember or remembering in King James Version, comes about 148 times. And if we check all across versions, it comes between 148 times to 166 times. The word remember is mentioned. Remember the Lord. Remember the Lord your God. Remember the Lord your God. And hence, I wanted us to take our Bibles. So we're going to take our Bibles. If you have a physical Bible like mine right here now, you can turn with me to... Psalm 103. And if you have a digital Bible, tap to so Psalm 103. Psalm 103, verse 1 to verse 12. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefit, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with you or with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is, the mercies, is his mercies toward those who fear him. 
As far as the east is from the west, so far the Lord has removed our transgressions from us. David is saying to himself, I want to remember the Lord who healed me. I want to remember, I don't want to forget the mercies of the Lord because he has forgiven me. He has healed me. He has shown me his goodness, his, kind, his kindness, and says he has crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercy. All are the things that David began to recount on remembering God for. David began to see and say, no, I want to remember God for when he healed me. I want to remember God for when he touched me. I want to remember God for when he forgave me. I don't want to forget that he's the God who forgives me when I have sinned. I don't want to forget that he's the God who is so merciful in his righteousness and his justice. He doesn't want to crush me. He wants to mendle me. He wants to mold me. He wants to care for me. He wants to tender mercy me, touch. David was crying out. So, as I started with the children of Israel, if we turn to Jeremiah 33, verse 1, it says, This is the covenant that I will make with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind and write them, write it in their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Here comes the difference between the computer and the physical human anatomy. We saw the picture with what God is doing. Because the physical human anatomy, the mind, the memory is stored just in the brain. Of course, different part of the brain working together to bring things to memory. But God here says, I will do something new. I will write my words, my laws, into their hearts, and I will put it into their mind. Hence, as a child of God, a born again a Christian, as a people of God, we don't have to depend on memories alone, because the word of God is now in our hearts. That where we need to be recalling for the word of God, that where God has deposited his riches, that where God has deposited everything that we need to recall onto memory. And Hebrews 10 says, this is the covenant that I will make with them. As of course, Jeremiah was talking about the children of Israel. And now the writer of Hebrews says, this is the covenant that I will make with them. This is the covenant I will make with you, my people. That after those days, declares the Lord, I'll put my laws in your heart. In their heart, I will put my law and inscribe them in their mind. I started searching for the word inscribing. What does that mean to inscribe? In simple terms, to inscribe is to carve. You know, when you take a chisel and you start hitting it gently but purposefully and with the proper angle, you start hitting that chisel on a board, on a metal board or on a wood, it starts removing a part of whatever was there and create whatever pattern or design you are creating. 
And God said, that's what I will do. I will remove something out of your flesh. And I will put my word in there. I will carve my laws in your, in your heart. I will remind you. I will inscribe. I will carve my laws in your heart, in your memories. It's not going to be a volatile memory anymore. It's not going to be a, um, a temporary memory anymore. It's going to be a permanent memory because I will inscribe it. I will engrave my laws into your heart. Let's turn together to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 11. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 11 says, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandment, his judgment, and his statutes which I command you today. This is Moses crying out to the children of Israel. As the Lord says and gives them the law and say, do not forget my commandment which I give you today. Do not forget my commandment which I give you today. As God has engraved those commandments, those laws, God has engraved his law of grace upon our hearts. He says, do not forget that. Remember, what do you have? What deposit you and I, we have? And whose deposit it is? The Lord says, I will put my deposit in your heart. I will engrave my word in your heart. And if we continue to read Deuteronomy, it says, it gives a reason so beautifully and says, lest when you, you have eaten and are full, you have built beautiful homes and dwell in them. And, when, and then when your, your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is filled up and you forget the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. You know what? Often it's when we feel content Often it's when everything is going good that we forget. Often. But the Lord says, I will engrave my laws in your heart. I will engrave my word in your heart so that when everything is going smoothly good, well with you, you will not forget me that I am the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. That you will not forget that. So what shall we remember then? What shall we remember I struggled a bit with this part and I came up with four points. And please bear with me. They are not exclusive. They are just a few points of the things that God wants you and I to remember in his word. The point number one is remember the Lord in your youth. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 1 says, Remember the Lord your God in your youth, in the days of your youth. Do not let excitement of your youth cause you to forget the, your creator. For in, him, your youth be, uh, for in him your youth before you ground uh, old and say, life is no pleasant. It's no more pleasant for me. He says, do not leave it till last. I've come across a friend, an old friend, senior friend, uh, back in Melbourne who said to me, I have only one regret in life. He's a beautiful Christian. Beautiful Christian. I admire him. 
And I asked him, said, brother, what's your regret? If I may ask, he said, I left it too, till late. I am 60 plus. That's when I came to know the Lord. I don't know what did I do all these years. Young people, remember the Lord your God in your days of youth. Honor the Lord your God in the days of youth. There are four reasons that David Murray says uh, uh, why you should remember the Lord your God in the, day, in the days of your youth. Because those are energetic years. You have vigor. You have talent. You can do anything you say, I'm going to do it. Is that right? You can do anything that you say, I'm going to do it. I want to do this. You can do it. I want to go back to study. You can. Unlike those who are 60 AD. I want to go back to study. They scratch their head and go, I will be with my grandchildren in the same class. But young people... That's the time you'll say, I want to do it, and I will do it, and you can achieve it, because those are the days of your energetic life. And they are sensitive years, that when your heart is still tender, that when you can be crushed by people who can abuse, by things which can abuse, or the use of them can abuse, Remember the Lord. Put him first in your young days because that's the days when you are still, uh, the French word says malleable, which means you are still flexible. You are still can be changed in any shape. You are still tender because you are still very sensitive. You still have a sensitive spirit. Should you let the Lord in your young days begin to speak to you and draw you closer, I tell you, my friend, you will never regret it. Bible says, point number three, because those are your teachable years. Those are the days when you can learn anything. I used to be talented in my young days, my very young days. I'm still young, though. My very young days, I, I used to be talented and I could speak seven languages. And I was, wow. And then one day, I, have an, I had an encounter with uh, a medical doctor. He told me, I said, you know why you can speak seven languages? Actually, you are just scratching the top of the iceberg. As a young child, everyone is gifted by God to speak as many languages as they can learn because they are still teachable and they can speak them like their own language. And I thought, wow, yes, it's so true. In your young days, my friend, you are still teachable. If you let the word of God begin to permeate the fabric of who you are, begin to enter your heart, begin to be engraved in your heart, in your life, I tell you, you will never regret it. You will speak like David and say, I was young, now I am old. I have never seen a righteous abandoned by the Lord, nor forgive, forgotten, nor his children beg for bread. Because you know what? It started at young days that when you will remember, you will look back and see what the Lord is doing and say, wow, I love this God because this God of mine, he is good. Remember the, day, uh, the Lord your God in your days of youth because... They are dangerous. Everything is lurking at you. Everything in the dark is beckoning you. Come taste. Come try. Come do. Come see. 
But if you put the Lord your God first, you will never be tempted. Point number two, remember the Lord for what he has done. You know, when I was uh, living in Malaysia at uh, the time, I had a lot of experiences where God just turned up out of nowhere, out of thin air, if I can speak in the worldly language, out of thin air, God just shows up. But if for us, we know, I know God was always there with me, but when God began to show up in moments of my desperate needs, I knew it, and I forgot. I happened to go back home to visit the family, and then I heard this chorus. It goes like this. It shall be permanent. It shall be permanent. What the Lord has done for me, it shall be permanent. For those who know the chorus, it moves my heart. Because you know what? I see everything that the Lord has done is permanent. God has not done anything temporary in my life so that one day he will come and finish the work. The work which he has begun, he is faithful to accomplish, to bring it to pass. I look back and I say, I remember my days in Malaysia when God showed up and my doorsteps as I sat and put my head in my, between my hands and I started crying and God showed up and I was like, wow. And as I was back in Africa and I remembered and I said, wow, it shall be permanent what the Lord has done for me. And it's so true. It was permanent and it still is permanent because when I look back and I see the glory of God, when I look back and I say, yes, what the Lord has done is permanent. I remember the Lord for his goodness. Remember the Lord for what the Lord has done. Psalm 143 verse 5 says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your accomplishment. I reflect on the work of your hand. David says, oh, it's time to begin to come to a place where you sit down and start reflecting on what God has done in your life. You may say to me, well, you know what? I don't see much of what God has done in my life. Oh, maybe I may not remember because you say just remember. But then you know what? The problem, the greatest problem of humanity is not to remember. It's forgetfulness. But I don't remember because you know what? I don't remember. But you know, my friend, I want to tell you today and say what the Lord has done is permanent in your life. The healing that the Lord has done is permanent. Unless you know that and you remember that, you will not stand and begin to claim it. Unless you know that and stand in that, you will not stand and begin to cry out. When I heard that song, it shall be permanent what the Lord has done for me. I was in desperate needs in Africa at the time. And I didn't know what else I would do. And I just remembered what the Lord has done. And I say, oh God, you are a God who shows up in the wilderness with rain. You are a God. God who shows up in the midst of famine with food and manna. And I know what you have done before. And I thank you. And began to see God's goodness, God's greatness. And I say, what the Lord has done, I will remember forever. Remember the faithfulness of the Lord. Remember God's faithfulness. Don't we even sing it? Can I invite you to sing that with me? Hey God, oh faithfulness and 
without injustice, good and upright is God of faithfulness and without injustice, good and upright is he. Unless you remember the faithfulness of God, you will not see that he is a God of faithfulness. Unless you begin to reminisce on the faithfulness of God and say, you know what? I know God has not left me. I know God is faithful to his word. God is faithful to his promises. God is faithful when he says, I will do it. He's not a son of man that he will forget for him not to do it and say, oh, I forgot. No, he is God. He swears by his word. He holds himself accountable to fulfill it, to bring it to pass, to bring it to accomplishment for you and I my friend, unless we begin to remember the faithfulness of God, unless we begin to remember the faithfulness of God, this kind of choruses will be just another song. Unless we begin to remember the faithfulness of God, this kind of chorus will be just another melody that somebody wrote in their time of remembering God's faithfulness. You and I, we need to come to the time where we say, God, I will remember your faithfulness. You are a God without injustice. You are a God upright. You are a God of faithfulness. I want to remember your word. And Deuteronomy 32, 4 says, He is the rock of my... Of um, he is the rock. He is, his work is perfect for all his ways are justice and good. A God, a God of truth and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. That's where that song was drawn from. Oh, my friend, we need to begin to remember the Lord. And uh, as uh, Deuteronomy says, understand therefore that the Lord your God, he is indeed God. He is faithful. The God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and loving kindness, his, faithful, his unfailing love for those who fear him, for those who love him and obey his commandment. Oh, my friend, God keeps his covenant with you and I. And he's ready to show you his faithfulness. Oh, you may say, you know what, Vincent? I don't know. I don't know. I can keep going on with scriptures after scriptures. But you know what? Time is not on my favor. I want to tell you this. The fourth point is remember the goodness of God. Remember the goodness of God. God is good. All the time he's good. So what shall we do to remember? What do we need to remember? How do we remember a couple of points that I came up with very quickly to help us to know how to remember, to, re, uh, to help us to remember is create an altar to the Lord. That's how you remember. Create an altar to the Lord. And the first altar you need to create is an altar of praise. David, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Abraham, when he met with the Lord, he said, I will create an altar in this place. And he created an altar before the Lord and said, I will call this place the place of meeting with God. Um, Jacob, running away from his brother in the midst of his troubles, he got to a place where he decided to take rest. 
And then God met with him there. He created an altar there. And he called it Bethel. An altar is a place of total surrender. An altar is a place of recognition of God's authority, supreme authority. An altar is a place where I and God decide, God, we are together in this one. I'm not going to leave it. I'm not going to abandon. I'm, I'm going to wrestle with you. In conclusion, let God's presence meet with us in that place where we need to, meet, to make an altar. Let God's presence meet with us today in this place, in this very place, as we build an altar unto the Lord and say, I want to honor the Lord. As the worship team comes back, I want to say a couple of things to you, my friend. You may say, you know what? I can't remember when God did something good to me. I may not be worthy of it. I may not tick all the boxes. The word of God says, it's not because you tick the boxes. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Pastor Joseph quoted uh, before and said, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice and let me in, I will come in, I will dine with you and you with me. You may say, I'm far away from God, but God is so close to you right now here. He's knocking at the door of your heart and say, would you build an altar for me? Would you let me come in? I want to invite you this morning as we stand together to begin to build an altar before the Lord. An altar of praise. An altar of worship. And begin to cry out to God and say, God, would you inscribe your word in my heart? Would you meet with me at this very place where I am standing and waiting for you? Before we go, I want to invite you, I want to give you an opportunity. Yes, I will invite everyone. Let's close our eyes before we go into this uh, chorus. Let's close our eyes. Take yourself before God, you and you alone with God. This is a solemn moment. You want to build an altar before the Lord, an altar of worship, an altar of praise. Maybe you say, God, I have not much to remember. I surrender to you now. I want to invite you. I want to embarrass you. I want to invite you to just put your hands upon your, your chest, upon your heart, and say, God, I want to build an altar to you. And we're going to pray together. God, I want to build an altar where I will let you inscribe your word in my heart. Where, Lord, I will begin to reminisce in your word on what you have done, on your goodness. Father God, we stand before you. You know each and every heart that is before you right now. And as we put our hands upon our hearts, oh Lord, we cry out to you, oh Lord, and say, would you take us to that altar of intimacy with you? Would you take us to that altar of one-on-one -on -one encounter with you? In Jesus' mighty and glorious name we pray.